Welcome to the Practically Speaking Mom podcast. I'm Val Harrison, the Practically Speaking Mom. I join you right here every Monday because God has placed on my heart a great passion for encouraging and equipping intentional moms just like you to build strong families. So who is Val Harrison and why do I do this? Well, I was born in Oklahoma, grew up as a farm girl in Iowa, went to college by Chicago, then married my high school sweetheart, Rich. We've been married 30 years and have seven kids, four girls and three boys from ages 28 to 12. We've got married kids, college kids, a teenager, and three grandbabies who are occasionally the special VIPs on this podcast. Let me tell you, those 14 precious souls deserve my best efforts. But wouldn't you know, I have made and still make lots of mistakes. The wonderful news for mistaking parents is that our good God works miracles with our mistakes, and somehow he gives us a masterpiece to manage. You see, learning from our mistakes, letting our kids see us reflect, regret, repent, refine, and restore our relationships is the perfect example our kids need for their lives. Our kids don't need perfect parents. They need intentionally growing parents. And that's what we're all about on the Practically Speaking Mom podcast. We take an honest look at where we are and we get a game plan for growing as we manage our masterpiece families. If you're willing to grow, you're in the right place. You can manage your God-ordained masterpiece family right here with me, Val Harrison, the Practically Speaking Mom. Now, Intentional Mama, are you ready? Let's grow. We have a really important father in the studio today, and that is my husband, Rich Harrison, who is always behind the scenes helping to make this podcast happen. But today he is going to be front and center with some things that I am really excited to bring to all of you. This is an important message that's going to touch some on dad's but it's also going to touch a lot on sons. And and these are going to be issues that affect girls as well. But for the month of June, we are focusing on sons. While Rich and I have four girls and three boys, because our youngest two are girls, we tend to make our examples more about girls. And thus, I wanted to take the month of June to really focus on boys. Welcome to the studio. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Today, well, first of all, I want to start for just a second with the question of what are some differences you've seen between fathering daughters and fathering sons or being the dad, you know, being dad to daughters versus sons? Yeah. Just lately, in the past couple of years, I've started noticing, you know, I think uh, being a dad of daughters, at least teenage daughters, has been a little easier than being a, uh, a father of teenage sons because with daughters, man, it's just all about showing daughters they are deeply loved, deeply adored by their dad. And that fits my personality really well. I love to love on my girls. And so that has been easy for me. And I know that's important um, now with with sons it's a little different. Yes, they want to be loved and they want to know they are loved. They may not want to be loved on as much. What they would rather feel, what they need to feel, is this sense of a dad believing in them, a sense of a dad 
communicating to them, I think you are becoming a strong and fine and dependable young man who I really respect as a man. They are looking for, they are wanting the questions answered. Can I be depended on? And uh, can I come through? Do I have the chutzpah, if you will, to come through in tough situations and to be depended on when it's necessary? So we're in a society today, I got, I just got to throw this question in here, where toxic masculinity has been experienced by a lot of people. A lot of people have seen men who lord things over women, who control, mistreat, are arrogant, are arrogant to other guys as well. So this is not, of course, what you're trying to build in your sons when you're describing the things you are, right? Not at all. You're right. That has been a problem at times in society. And what I want to teach my sons is, yes, you have strengths, not just physical, but other types of strengths. And I want you to use those for good. I want you to use those for building others up. I want you to use those and you are needed That's an important message. Your strengths are needed to build others up and to protect others and to do well by others and to do right for others and to produce for others. And to make a difference in this world. And to make a difference. Yes, you are needed to make a difference. I would even say that those guys that are the toxic masculinity, I would say, I think for a lot of them, it may be that they're depleted in this question. And so they're out there trying to prove to themselves and others that they are amazing because they feel not uh, worthy and not capable and not dependable. So they're out proving that. And I don't want to get off on a tangent with that. It it could come from a few different sources. That could be one or it could just be... Uh, just an out of balance overabundance of that confidence that they are not using it in, in balance correctly. Yeah, in healthy ways. Right. So I just wanted to throw that out there first before we get into so much more of what you're saying here, which answering this question of am I dependable and am I capable and can I achieve challenges that come my way? Am I going to be able to handle life? These questions that we're addressing today, I want to ask, what about the mom? So there's, of course, more moms listening than men. And some of them are single, or some of them may be married to a very uninvolved father or a father that just is not going to really implement what we're talking about. So for that mom, can she also be speaking these truths into her son? Well, yeah, uh, I think with sons, particularly, she can still, a mom still can uh, give sons opportunities to come through for the family, to come through in situations that the son may initially find challenging. Now, again, that depends on the age that the boy is. But yes, a mom can certainly give opportunities for them to achieve and then to pour into them once they have achieved and to to really show them, uh, help the boy realize for themselves, see, you did it. I knew you could. I'm glad you see that you can. And I have that belief in you. And now you have 
those strengths. You have good things to, to bring to the world and to our family and to the community. Now, with girls, I think that might be a little tougher challenge for a mom because when I talk about girls wanting to be just loved on and adored, yes, they want to be loved on and adored by their mom as well. But most girls, if not all girls, one of the things they're looking for is the secure and safe and right love of a man. Uh, and of course, most of their life in their home, that is from the father. And that, again, I'll emphasize safe and secure. It's not just all feelings. It's not just, oh, this boy makes me feel so wonderful about me or, or gives me some happy feeling. It's about a man, uh, truly loving that daughter unconditionally. So for a single mom, that could be a little more challenging because that daughter doesn't have a, a dad who can provide that safely and securely. And so she may want to go find that affirmation of a, of a boy somewhere else. Okay. So let's address some of those things real quick. First of all, what you're talking about is being depleted in an area. When we have an area of our life, a question in our heart that is not being answered, we were depleted there. Boy or girl. Right. So when we're depleted, we may tend to to go searching for those answers in unhealthy places and unhealthy ways. Yes. So we do have to equip our girls to know that about ourselves and to guard against, you know, wrong searches like that. Uh, secondly, to go to the word of God and see who our creator, heavenly father says we are and how adored and treasured and loved and set apart amazing that God tells us we are in the word of God and praying that God would send some father figures in their life, such as a grandfather or an uncle or an older brother um, or even a younger brother that can speak that kind of truth into them. And thankfully in the word of God, God tells us that he is the father to the fatherless and he is the husband to the widow. And so in no matter what parenting situation we're in, there are aspects that we can't fulfill in our kids. And we have this great God who has committed to fill in those gaps and answer those questions. And so God, I believe, is going to do that for those daughters in ways that we can't even plan for or intentionally create. So there's always that. Okay, moving on from there. So we've got these boys who need to know, and, and girls too, but this month, month of June, we're using boys as our example. So we have these boys that are in their heart, intrinsically asking, do I have in me what I need to handle life and to overcome challenges and to come through for myself and to come through for others and, and to be dependable. So Rich, how do the parents address that? Well, I think it's important to always be looking for seeing the opportunities that are there to offer our sons, to offer our sons uh, the chance to come help us as dads, to uh, do what we're doing to come alongside us and to to help in ways that are age appropriate, and and that that does a couple of things. One, it lets them see us doing hard things, 
but it also gives them opportunities to do, again, age-appropriate but hard things, things that they would find challenging. Uh, and that way, as a dad, we can guide them. We can help them. We can give them tips. We can just train them as they go while they are doing two things. One, learning from us. Two, feeling our praise and our pride in them and our belief in them. So the, and there's opportunities all over the place. I was not great at giving my own sons opportunities to come help me. I would, I want to caution you. Don't do what I did. Don't get impatient and think, well, I just, I just want to get this done and they're going to slow me down. That's okay. They need it. They have a lifetime that they are building that you are building in them. And that's not going to come quick. Take the time. Uh, another thing is I was too perfectionistic. I thought, I don't want to have to redo this. I don't want this to get messed up. You know what? Most things, it's okay. It's going to be fine. Your sons need those opportunities more than you need to, to go perfectly the first time. Those are so valuable. So don't do what I did. Don't fall into those traps. So give them those opportunities. Now, along with that comes, make sure that you've spent a little bit of time preparing them for those opportunities, whether that's just being, you know, ha letting them having watched you do things in the past or give them a little bit of training ahead of time. Hey, I'm going to have you do this. I want you to do it this way for your own safety, for your own uh, efficiency and success. This is how it would go best. Give them a little bit of training to set them up for success. Then once they have either been successful or not successful, talk it through with them after they're finished with the job. Hey, great job. I knew you could do it, but man, you did great. Or really good job. I know you tried hard and I'm sorry it didn't go as well as we had wanted it to, but you know what? Sometimes that happens and we got to not let that failure define us. We got to not let that failure tell us wrong things about us. So that's one of the things that we do is we help them understand what's going on when they fail. Because we all fail, they are going to fail some. It's going to come up. So we help them understand. We talk through it with them. Maybe we spend some time uh, working on a skill that they need to improve so that they don't fail again next time. Maybe we spend some time, we use that failure as a motivator. Hey, let's get out and let's work on this. Let's really do some practicing here in this so that the next time you're in that situation, it's going to go a lot better. Okay, so that's some of the things that we can do. And I'll tell you what, in times when you and I have talked about this in the past, we feel like we see a really good example of someone like this in our family, our son-in-law, Dakota. You've met Jamie and Asher on this program before, and their dad, Dakota, our son-in-law, is really, really good at including his sons in whatever he's doing. He does a lot in the garage, around the house, in the yard, building things, fixing things. and Also playing instruments. You know, it, it's not all just real 
guy guy stuff. It, True. It could be um You're exactly I right. I mean, he's also into poetry and music and you know Reading. Uh, other things. Right. But you're right. He's an awesome example. And I can even think, you know, when they were two and three years old, um, can you be the one to wipe off this tool when I'm done with it? Can you be the one to carry the hammer? Let's put the tool belt on you, you know, and letting them be a part of what he's doing and making them feel like, wow, dad believes in me enough to include me in what he's doing. And that is huge. Let's talk for just a minute about, so we've got moms listening and and they're like, okay, I am going to start having these opportunities for my kids, my sons to face challenges. And one thing that I think is difficult is there's this fine line between a mom sending the message that he can be depended on and maybe even be a hero in a situation without her placing undue responsibility on him of a weight that is too much to carry. What would you, do you have some input for that? We've talked about this, uh, you and I before about how harmful it can be for a boy to, you know, I mentioned before age appropriate challenges and it could be overdone. It could be uh, where too big a burden is placed on too young of a boy. Uh, we want to be careful not to place something on our sons that they really don't have a realistic chance of succeeding in because, yes, they're going to be intimidated by some challenges even though they can succeed in them. But there are some challenges that they are pretty certain uh, they have no way, they don't have the resources to overcome. And so they have nothing to do but fail. And that's not healthy for a boy. If, if you're putting a boy in a situation where they feel like, man, if I don't succeed here, then it's hopeless. Then I'm going to let so many people down in real and harmful ways then that is too much of a burden for boys that are uh, too young. You know, that's that type of thing where other people could be somehow hurt, damaged, harmed if I don't come through. That needs to be reserved for, you know, no longer boys, but young men. Let's talk about those big failure times or even just that they've never been taught how to define failure or how to not let it define them. Right. What we have in our society is a lot of people that are running away. They fail and then they feel ashamed and embarrassed and they run away. And so let's talk about that with raising boys. What are some ways that they may tend to run and the next little section here may not be for younger ears. One way that some boys are going to respond to a feeling of failure, respond to that shame and embarrassment, could be through anger. You know, they just become more angry and things set them off in anger a little more easily than they used to. Particularly if they are trying something and and even a slight setback or failure now really makes them angry, uh, that could be a clue that they are really needing their 
failures explained to them and they how they need to learn and grow and redefine their failures in their own minds and and you as dads help them define those failures correctly and not uh you know get them out of the voices in their own heads so look for kind of disproportionate anger another thing that some personality types might do is just go really inward go very quiet very disconnected um disconnected from the family disconnected from their friends not not, not necessarily all of these things either disconnected from their family if they feel ashamed there disconnected from their friends if they feel shame there uh disconnected from trying new things or trying that thing that they failed at if they there was something that they really used to like and now they just really shy away from that is it because they had a failure in that and they don't know how to work through it on their own talk with them through that now valerie mentioned this next section may not be for young ears and that's because Earlier in the program, uh, Valerie mentioned that we all have deficiencies and we all, where we have deficiencies, we try to fill those things. Well, young boys, not necessarily young, but boys, unfortunately, younger and younger these days because of our access to internet, a big temptation for boys these days is immodesty on the internet and even pornography. What that does in a boy who is feeling failure, who is feeling embarrassment and shame, somehow it speaks to that in them. And that pornography, uh, somehow they feel like they are more worthy of this artificial attention they interpret it as, this attention of this girl who I don't even know, completely anonymous, but this this girl or this immodest person that I'm looking at uh, somehow it makes me feel like they think I'm worthy. They are giving themselves to me in that way, and they find me worthy, where I don't find myself worthy of being liked, of being wanted. And so it's completely artificial, very damaging, and definitely unhealthy, but it is so prevalent, even boys junior high and younger. Yeah, actually the... Average age now of exposure to pornography is age 10. That and, is sad and shocking. And while that exposure may come very accidentally stumbled upon, yep. very innocently stumbled Often upon. Often that's how it starts. Um, because of that deficiency in them, and I mean, other reasons too, that they would just be very pulled to stay there. And so whether you're looking at issues of anger or shutting down or running towards artificial attention, or whether it's getting lost in addicted to video games, you know, because that is an escape that I can be good at and, and excel at and not really try in real life anymore because I've found this way to excel in this artificial world of, of video games or another tendency, perfectionism. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the video games. Exactly right. Uh, I can be good at this. I can conquer in a video game. And so, you know, some boys, if they don't have their failures explained and don't work through their failures properly in, in a healthy way through the help of a wise adult to help lead them through that, 
then yeah, they're going to find other ways that they can conquer that are much more safe, that are less risky, uh, much more private even. So yeah, video games are a big thing. And then you mentioned the perfectionism. Uh, they may respond by just really overdoing perfectionism and becoming very hard on themselves, hard on people around them, being very demanding of perfection and, and very, have very high expectations for themselves in a way that really becomes out of balance and unhealthy. Even they could pick one topic and say to themselves, I'm going to become an expert at this because I'm not good at anything else. So I need to become an expert at this. I'll be able to wear the label of the most capable person in this one topic of anyone I know. And so now I have worth and, and now I have meaning because I have become the number one person in this. And so then I can ignore all these other areas of my life that I feel inadequate in. And again, this is a matter of helping our kids learn to interpret their mistakes and their failures and to view them in a different way that they're really opportunities for growth and development and so many positive things. But let's take action steps now, Rich, because we've been talking for a while. We need to wrap this up and give them what are the action steps preventatively and on the front end intentionally as parents, what's our plan of action? Okay. We mentioned these earlier, but let's just break it down real succinctly here. Number one, give them opportunities. And they're all around us, guys, all the time. And if your sons are older, uh, you know, maybe older teenagers, we may need to look in our community of grown men and their families. What opportunities do we have there? Uh, what opportunities are presenting themselves in other areas where my older son can join me in my group of men to start becoming someone who is dependable among other adult men? Uh, so give them opportunities. Along with that, make sure that you have prepared them for opportunities. Make sure that they understand how to do things safely, smartly, so they're not going to hurt themselves or, you know, we want to set them up for succeeding. We don't want to just drop them in a situation where they don't understand exactly what to do and therefore they're just going to fail. While sometimes that can be a, a good opportunity for teaching, it can certainly be some good lessons, but that should not be our normal way of training them. You know, we want to prepare them first. Okay, so we've given them opportunities. Then we do two things. We praise their successes. We praise their efforts. And then we also, again, help them understand failure, understand the value of failure, understand the growth that can come from failure, understanding that failure is not final. That's a probably a phrase we've heard before. Failure doesn't have to define us as failures. Our fails don't have to mean that we are no good. It just means we need to figure out different ways of trying next time. We need to fix a little something, work on our approach, whatever it is, but we still have the ability to conquer. You, my son, still have the, still have what it takes to overcome this. This failure does not mean you don't. Okay. So let's now talk about what do we do correctively. So maybe we've really dropped the ball in this area of life and we have an older 
son or a, an older daughter, an older kid, maybe they're a teenager, and they really haven't been given the answers adequately to this area of life, what do we do now? First off, I would say uh, that describes my relationship with some of my sons. So what I have had to learn is I don't have to wait until I have myself all figured out. I don't have to wait until I'm perfectly healthy. Let me start restoring now. And what is one of the the, the first steps of restoring that type of relationship and that type of dynamic between me and my sons? One of the early steps is first off, owning my own failures in that regard, owning my own failures in my relationships with them and expressing that regret, helping them understand that it wasn't because they didn't have value that I may have been unengaged. It wasn't because they weren't worth it. It was for other reasons. And I don't mean making excuses, but starting to to work through that restoration process of starting to show them now you are worth it. You are worth my efforts to restore relationship with you. So that's one. Another way that that restoration can begin happening or that those messages of, of I believe in you can be sent to older sons is by starting to find opportunities even now, create opportunities to start doing things together Start finding ways that you guys can put yourselves in, in somewhat challenging situations or situations that stretch you and uh, start being there for each other and start being depended upon one for another. And quite honestly, I, you know, I've, I talked about that this describes me where I'm at. I, I've honestly had a little bit of a of an advantage here uh, because I've been able to be behind the curtain, so to speak, as you, Valerie, have started developing this material of the six questions. And one of those is restoring. Am I worth restoring? And that process of restoring really has to do with going through each of those six questions again with our child who we are trying to restore with. And so finding any way that we can to go back again and answer those questions for our child. Am I worth treasuring? Yes, you absolutely, I do treasure you, my grown child. Am I worth knowing? Yes, I want to get to know you. I'm sorry for those times that uh, I wasn't good at that before. I want to know what's going on with you. I want to, I want to participate with you in things you like doing. The, the third one is, am I worth protecting? Yes. I'm sorry for the ways that I may not have done that when you were growing up and you are worth protecting. This is what I tried to do and I'm sorry that I failed. Uh, am I worth including? Yeah, I want to do things with you. I want to be with you. You are worth it. Am I worth believing in? That's what we've been talking about with boys today. That's the big question that they are asking. And so finding ways to answer that question for sons, and then am I worth restoring? That's the whole process we're talking about is going through those six questions in an effort to restore because you are expressing to them, you are worth it. I am pursuing restoration with you. When we take this time to restore with our kids, 
it's actually a very beautiful bonding experience, even in the, the, so as a parent, we may be very reluctant to do this, to own it, to own our mistakes with them. But the truth is, when we truly do own our mistakes and our failures as parent with our child, then one, we're setting a great example to them of owning their mistakes, which is the first step in overcoming and changing and growing and restoring. But secondly, they recognize what a sacrifice it takes to be honest and vulnerable and transparent about your shortcomings. And it is quite impactful to our kids when we do that. So we're going to wrap up here and thank you for spending this Father's Day episode with all of these intentional parents. I appreciate you behind the scenes on the podcast. (laughs) I appreciate you taking the front row today on the podcast. And I am so thankful for the father you are to our seven kids. Well, thank you. you. I love you too. You've been listening to Val Harrison, the Practically Speaking Mom. If you'd like to connect with Val throughout the week, follow her on Instagram and Facebook at Practically Speaking Mom. To subscribe to her weekly email containing the podcast and blog post, go to her website, practicallyspeakingmom.com, and enter your email address. That's all it takes. You can also join with her and lots of other moms in the private Facebook group, Intentional Mom Strong Family. And she'll see you right here again next week. Thank you.